Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, the Las Vegas Raiders insider. I'm joined now by a guy that I have called the toughest football player I ever covered. Um, I've watched this guy play with broken bones. He's just tough. And on top of it, he is a great friend. He's a wonderful husband, a terrific dad, Super Bowl winner. The guy played for so many years in the NFL, and, and he's one of the good people in the around football the great drew stanton how you doing my friend i'm doing great thanks how are you good it's always good to talk to you and catch up with christian and the kids and just find out what's going on in your life so much i want to talk to you about you know this i told you this back when you were a kid in high school i love your toughness i watched you play with it i was the one that told you that millen had told me they were going to take you with the lions i that toughness is what defined you I think, you know, obviously winning a Super Bowl was a great moment, but that toughness is missing in the game of football, I think. And when you get to the pros, you don't get here without being tough. Will you talk about that element of toughness, please, Drew? Yeah, well, I think it's something that's ingrained in you early on. It's also going through trials and tribulations and learning from them, being better off and seeing, okay, I got to the other side of this and I was able to persevere. So many kids are handed things in life or they're worried about what their rival star rating is or whatever that is. So I was fortunate. Again, I was lucky because I didn't have to grow up in a world with social media and all these other pressures that exist out there and, and everybody being compared to everybody else. There was an intrinsic motivation that I had. And what you call toughness, it was a physical toughness. It was a mental toughness. It was an emotional toughness where you had to have grit. And that was ingrained in me by my family values. That was ingrained in me where I went to high school. That was ingrained in me when I went to Michigan State. And as you talked about, right, like I took being a football player and being a part of a team very serious. So when I stepped out on that field in any capacity, I knew that the 10 other guys were relying on me to put my best foot forward. And if I was going to expect the same out of them, I had to be willing to put everything on the line. And, and there is a selfish demeanor that exists not only in sports, but in our society today that I feel like people are really missing the boat on. And there is the trickle down effect within the sport of people wanting to get paid and the business side and all of those aspects for sure. And, and, I had a guy ask me towards a lot of part of my career. He's like, what's the best piece of advice you could, you could give me as a young guy trying to make it in this league. And I was like, chase the opportunity. Don't chase the money. Because at the end of the day, you can always hang your hat and say, Hey, I was proud to be a part of this organization or this situation. Cause I made it for the right reasons. Not because of the dollar signs that came with it. Because as soon as you sign on those dotted lines within an NFL organization, your rights are over. <laughs> you are their property <laughs> for the duration of that contract. As long as they decide to employ you, and I learned that early on in my career in Detroit. Now, you got to play and won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. I've talked to you about that before and what you learned from him. But now, all of a sudden, he's potentially looking at buying, not potentially, they're in discussions, to buy a minority percentage in the Raiders. And I know that you respect him greatly and highly and for all he did. As a player and then as a friend of Tom's, what do you think he could bring to a team as an owner? <laughs> I think a uh, friend is a loose term. I mean, I was with him for six weeks, but the perception that existed before I met him and then being around him for the most high pressure of situations in the Super Bowl, seeing all these things, I think his demeanor and in the one word that always comes to mind when people ask me about him is calculated. He always knows 
what's going on. He's very aware of the situation. He does everything meticulously. And that was what reaffirmed, I think, the notions that I had about him when I was with him. But he was also completely collaborative. He didn't know me. Obviously, he knew I went to Michigan State, you know, and made some Brian Hoyer references and different things like that. So we we know uh, common denominators or we know different people. And having been in the room with him, um, having been on the field and seen him operate, it's extremely impressive because, again, there is a lot of hard decisions that need to be made when you become a part of an ownership, I would imagine. Uh, I would love the opportunity. I don't know. But what he brings to the table is the same attributes that he brings to the, the locker room. And that's what you're looking for because that leadership component, that ability to find and see what's important and stick to a task is what an organization needs. And when you have that from a player's perspective, you have that continuity, you have that camaraderie and the communication that goes along with it. Nothing gets lost in translation. Organizations struggle when people assume different roles, when they don't know what the level of expectation is. With Tom Brady, you always knew what your level of expectation was. And I got that very quickly from being there for six weeks. We know what Irvin brought to the Dodgers, even though he wasn't, it isn't a basketball team, it's a baseball team. But Irvin once told me, Drew, you can't be great unless you make, you're a good player who makes everybody around you better. He said, greatness is not something an individual can do. It's when you're able to take those around you and make them better. I thought that was fascinating. And we see that he's done it with the Dodgers. Do you think a guy like Tom that was so detail-oriented, so collaborative in an owner's box can bring those same types of things like Irvin did? There's no question, right? And obviously it's a little bit easier when it's the same sport. But you have that, you know, everybody talks about the it factor. There is an aura that supersedes Tom Brady in this domain. And when he walks into a locker room, when he walks into a press conference, when he walks into an owner's box or wherever that may be, people know he's there. He sets the tone. And, and uh, I mean, his pregame speech before we went out there to win the Super Bowl, everybody was fired up and it was uh, so on point. It was so measured. It was so necessary that you could tell that we were going to walk out of that locker room and not look back. And we never felt like that game was ever in the balance because of his leadership, because his ability to galvanize an entire team and a roster to bring them together. And that's what he can do for an organization. That's pretty cool. Well, you mentioned Brian Hoyer. We'll talk about him. He's a mutual friend of ours and, and obviously played at Michigan state. Tremendous guy. Can, hard to believe me to believe that he's entering his 15th year in the National football league. And he brings a dynamic. He knows the Josh McDaniel system, but he also is a terrific teacher. Look what Mac Jones did, you know, with him there, really tutor him in New England. How important, you know, fans will just say all they do is hold a clipboard. And you and I know that's not true. How important in an organization is that Brian Hoyer role that he has? Well, it's interesting. If you look at that role, it's the exact role that I was hired to do for the Cleveland Browns, right? They had Tyrod Taylor as their starting quarterback. They have Jimmy Garoppolo there in Vegas. They go draft a quarterback that are trying to help develop. Now, vastly different because Baker was the number one overall pick. But you're there to be an extension of the coaching staff. You're there to fill in the gaps. As I talked about before, stuff getting lost in translation will absolutely cripple a team. And so when you can be kind of a player coach type of mentality uh, that can also go in there at a moment's notice and operate the offense. It's a huge attribute to have and kudos to Brian for being able to do that. 
I mean, 15 years in the NFL is a remarkable feat. And to be able to do that at a high level, to win as many Super Bowls as he's been a part of, to be in an organization. And I think he was extremely fortunate because where he started in New England, that laid the foundation for him of this is what a professional organization looks like. This is how I become a pro. This is how I prepare. This is how I make the defense better. All of those things matter. And Aiden O'Connell will be the beneficiary of 15 years of wealth of knowledge of being around some of the greatest people and coaches to ever be a part of this game. And he can sit there and he can soak this all in. He can learn from Brian Hoyer. He can then go ask Brian Hoyer questions as opposed to talking to the offensive coordinator, talking to the quarterback coach, bothering Jimmy Garoppolo. Not that he would bother him, but, you know, there's a certain level of focus you need to have on top of helping Jimmy out, doing all of these things. So it's such an invaluable resource from the standpoint of, yes, there's a monetary value that goes into it and say, well, why don't they give him this much? Uh, the quarterback with that type of experience, with that level of knowledge, especially within that system, can walk in there and instantaneously has credit and merit can really help speed up the learning curve of everybody, and not just the quarterbacks. Like I said, it becomes an extension to the wide receivers, to the offensive line. Everything needs to be sped up on game day. And when you can sit there and already know what Josh McDaniels is thinking, it's very similar to what I was able to do my time in Arizona with Bruce Arians. I was the one relaying the message to Carson Palmer. It wasn't Bruce had to go talk to him or doing this. So all of that stuff matters, and being able to get that and expedite that is so vastly important in today's game. You mentioned Aiden O'Connell, and uh, I I really like his game. I know the Raiders really liked him. They had him high on their board. You do a lot now as you're you're looking at a lot of quarterbacks, and I'm just curious, just a bird's eye observation with all your years in the NFL, with all of your mechanics, which are so good. Can you talk about what you saw in Aiden O'Connell and how you think, especially a system where they don't want him to be a Patrick Mahomes? I'm not we know Patrick's elite. I'm not that's not a slam on him, but in Josh's system, he doesn't use a Patrick Mahomes. How do you think Aiden O'Connell fits here in Las Vegas? Well, it's interesting from the standpoint a lot of these college guys, you don't know how to evaluate them because they don't have to process and you don't have to be able to you're making an educated guess on all of these things. And so you're looking for certain things or attributes you talked about. Mechanical efficiency is huge in this league. Do they throw with their feet, their lower half? Is their body in position? And so being able to do all these things, get the ball out extremely fast. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was the one that really made a name for himself for having a quick release because all of those things matter. All of those things matter as far as time and space and the margin of error is so minuscule in this league. It is so small between an interception or a knockdown, or a touchdown. And and so when you have a guy that can be completely accurate, can put the ball wherever he wants to, like Aiden, it's a huge attribute because that's the most premium thing you can assess quarterbacks with. Uh, I think quarterbacks under pressure is always what I look at because if a defensive coordinator in this league knows that a quarterback doesn't know how to pick up pressure or handle pressure, all you will see is pressure. Can you throw under pressure and can you be accurate under pressure? I think that you know the the dynamic quarterbacks that exist in this league are, are fantastic. But I will argue that the quarterbacks that have the most longevity over a long period of time and have success are the guys that have a timing passing game that can stick their back foot in the ground, get the ball out and deliver it accurately. accurately because those are the guys that are going to sit there and do that. And I think Aiden O'Connell has those attributes. He has those capabilities because we saw it time and time again. And, you know, it's somewhat of a disservice to him. He was at Purdue. He wasn't, you know, a highly touted guy. He didn't get a ton of nationally televised games. He's not doing any of these things. 
But I would feel very confident and comfortable taking Aiden O'Connell where you did and betting on the upside that he has because Josh's system is quarterback friendly. He's going to give you the, the tools to be able to process and know what's going on, to stand in the pocket. But but one thing I've always respected about Josh from afar is he's going to find out a defense's weakness and he will exploit it. If he's got to throw it 50 times a game, he'll throw it 50 times a game. Aiden can do that. If he's got to throw it 20 times a game off of play action and getting bigger personnel, he can do that. If there's a mix and match in all of it, Josh will find ways to exploit what teams don't do well through personnel grouping, through shifts and motions and all of this stuff. So the quarterback's got to be able to do that. And that's something that I think teams have reservation on nowadays is because in college, it's just literally like across the field reads. They don't have to sit there and process where you see Aiden have to do that to a certain level, but also the physical has to match up with the mental side of the game. Mm. Now I want to go to, you have a true friendship with a man that I think is one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the game of football, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, I mean, I don't, if if he's got a weakness, I've never seen it. And I have the privilege of covering Devontae Adams here in Las Vegas, Drew, who I think right now in the game of football is the very best receiver in the NFL. I don't think he's Larry Fitzgerald yet because I think it's just more time will make that, but I think he could be. I'm curious, you watch the game, you love the game. The similarities you see in your analysis of Devontae Adams, please. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, I think he's he's on his way. He's on that trajectory without a doubt. And I was fortunate because I got to play with Larry and I got to be drafted in the same class with Calvin Johnson. And so I got to see Reggie Wayne towards the latter part of his career. So, so to see the way these guys work, to see that they would, can communicate with the quarterback on the fly, that's the biggest thing, right? There's certain guys that you just kind of feel a little bit more comfortable throwing the ball to or understanding, okay, when they run this route, they're going to sink, and and that's when I need to release the ball. Devontae Adams and seeing him work with Aaron Rodgers and being so quarterback friendly was remarkable. And then, again, I know that he's made news about it lately, but he doesn't need Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers is sitting there saying, man, I wish I had him. But you look at what Derek Carr was able to accomplish and – and what they were able to do just in one year together. And he can take over a game. And there's, to your point, maybe two or three other guys, maybe, in this league that have that capability. And I don't even think they can do it to the level that he's capable of doing it because the other one argument you could make is DeAndre Hopkins here in Arizona has those kind of capabilities. But if you were making me choose, I think Devontae Adams is as good as it gets in this league right now for many reasons. Because... A lot of guys might have deficiencies. There is no deficiency in his game, to your point. And you look at his hands, you look at his route running ability, you look at his physicality, you look at all of these things, his big play capability, his intermediate routes, his underneath routes, and all that stuff. And and I think sometimes when you look at what transpired in Green Bay, is people are like, well, you know, Randall Cobb or all these guys, they're just slant runners. Like they make fun of Michael Thomas in, in, in uh, New Orleans. They just call him Slant Boy because of that. Mm-hmm. Well, you may know that Devontae Adams is running the slant and you still can't stop him. So that's just a trademark of somebody that is elite, that is the elite of the elite. And I think Devontae Adams is that guy. He has those kind of capabilities to be able to do it. And that's why, you know, they they gave up so much to get him and they want to make sure he's happy. Those guys you make sure are happy that are superstars because there's no defense for that. There's no defense for putting the ball up and knowing without a shadow of a doubt that he can come down with it. 
Drew, Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that when he's healthy, he's a great teammate. He's a great worker. Uh, he's a great player. He gets results. He wins in big games. His struggle has been to stay healthy. I'm curious, you're a guy that played in the league a long time. Brian's a guy that played a long time. Is the quarterback position, is, is it overrated when you talk about injury prone just because people take a beating? Or are there things that you got to go back maybe in off seasons and, and say, hey, can I train differently? Is there a different piece of equipment? I'm just curious to how you look at that. I think there's multiple ways of looking at it. Part of it's just bad luck, just straight up bad luck. And I think that's where you look at Jimmy of running down the sideline, scrambling or doing different things. There's some guys that might be you know, deemed injury prone. I, I don't think he's one of them. And like you said, when he's on the field, the results speak for themselves. I mean, the numbers were staggering uh, for what the 49ers were when he was on the field in comparison to what he wasn't before Brock Purdy showed up. So Jimmy, I remember when he first got to the 49ers, I was uh, starting a game in San Francisco. I've crossed paths with him before. He's He is everything you want in a franchise quarterback, uh, and I'm excited to see what he can do there because I think he's going to do great things. Obviously, you see his capabilities when he's on the field, but just his demeanor, the way he talks in press conferences, the way he carries himself, all of those things matter. I think that when you start talking about injuries – you're worried when when major injuries start piling up, when you're talking about joints and you're doing different things to this type of stuff. And I know he's had a couple of those, but I would I have no hesitation or reservation as far as his ability to get out there and play. Sometimes you've got to be smart on coaches play calling or different things like that. Josh does a really good job of protecting the quarterback. There are certain times and certain aspects where maybe a Kyle Shanahan type of system would expose you to more injury or other offenses that have a seven-step drop-back game or an empty passing game where you're going to get teed off on a little boy, a bit more. I remember Mike Martz, uh, who I got drafted to in Detroit. Phenomenal offense. Uh, unbelievable offense. Uh, but the protection wasn't always there. He was willing to take risks. And those quarterbacks, the sacks that were given up, those pile up. And unfortunately, uh, injuries here and there, being able to overcome those, those are going to happen. But when you're consistently getting sacked at the rate like the Joe Burrow is getting sacked, I have huge pause there because those those tend to really pile up quickly. And everybody's sitting and saying, well, what happened to Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz got beat up, and his body still probably hasn't recovered. I, mean, I was with Andrew Luck in Indianapolis his rookie year, and I was like, stop taking unnecessary hits. Don't look for contact because those all add up over time, and everybody sits there and makes fun of Peyton and Eli for flopping or going down. There's something to be said for the number of games they continuously started. And you might say that this is – no, that was a plan in place, much like you said. And I do the same thing with some of these younger guys in the NFL. I did the same thing with Baker when he got there. Don't take unnecessary hits. One extra yard is not going to make a difference. A separated shoulder will make a difference. A broken ankle, a torn ACL, you know, whatever it is, we take enough hits as quarterbacks. Don't go looking for them. And the same thing with Bryce Young, right? He He's a guy that – smaller statue slide get down get out of bounds get rid of the ball find your check down do all of these things and i think jimmy does a really good job of that i'm excited to see what he's going to do within the framework of that offense and the reunion of some of those pieces but also the addition of what that offense can be with because of the capability to run and pass very good all right drew i can't let you go without talking about this my i, I was doing a national tv the other day and someone asked me, with all my years of covering sports, what's my my strongest memory? And I actually mentioned you. 
at Michigan Stadium. You guys are rallying to beat Michigan. You go down injured, and I've never seen anything like it in my life. 105,000 Wolverine fans stand up and were applauding that you were injured. That they now knew they they could they knew they could beat Michigan State. They did not think they could meet Drew Stanton. That that is a testimony to your toughness, my friend. Well, I appreciate that. That's uh that was a, a tough pill to swallow because like you said, we were up big and had that one in the bag, or at least we felt like we did. And it's uh unfortunately we ended up on the wrong side of that one. But uh to hear that stadium as quiet as it was the whole first half was something that I'll never forget. Me either. By the way, I just want to make you feel old. So <laughs> Duffy graduates this year. Oh, my goodness. Yep, that makes me feel just, old. There you go. In just a couple of weeks. And, you know, I tell the story where you, he and I went with you and Kristen when your foundation had built a, a children's wing at the hospital. And it so touched him that that next year he kept every allowance. And I'll never forget when he saw you that next summer. And he said, here, this is my allowance from the year watching you get choked up you you've 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 impacted i know my son well you know he loves you but you've impacted so many lives just not with football with the man you are i'm proud to be your friend drew i truly appreciate that and that you know it wasn't lost on me that i was able to survive in the league as long as i was but my foundation uh to raise over a million dollars that's the greatest feat that i had as a professional so i uh i'm very fortunate to to have accomplished a lot to meet a lot of great people uh, but also the the power to be able to show up to a hospital, to be able to sign an autograph, to take a picture. Uh, you know, the adage is eventually people are going to stop asking for your autograph or taking pictures, so you should never say no. And I never would anyways, because kids, um, you know, they need people to look up to. And I've got four of my own now, and they have role models. They have heroes. So I took that responsibility as great as anything, and you see that and you understand that, you embrace that. Uh, because the time will pass and now there's other people that are doing that in every capacity and helping people that need help. That's what this world should be about is being able to do that and extend the reach that we have. And, and the NFL is no different. I agree. Will you give my best to Kristen, please? Awesome. Will do. All right. God bless you, bud. Talk to you soon. Take care. There he is. The great Drew Stanton, Super Bowl winning quarterback. You're listening to Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Inside Group part of the FFSN network. Thanks, everybody. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. When my phone